I can't believe you dragged me on a camping trip on Halloween. Oh, I love camping, sleeping out under the stars. It's going to rain. It's not like we'll be camping in tents. We have a choice of all these nice cabins. You mean the one over there, the cabin over there with the cobwebs and dead bats? It is a horror-themed campground. Oh, it's all fake, really, just for fun. I might sleep near the fire. It's so cozy. Are you crazy? There are bears. Nah, but I did see a few coyotes earlier. And a copperhead. Oh, you know you love copperheads, MJ. What is that crazy wind? Who must be a gin? I beg your pardon. I have not had a gin. Uh, no, D-J-I-N-N. A gin. Spirits more commonly known as genies. They can be good or evil. They are elusive spirits carried on the wind of smokeless fire. Live from a campground somewhere in the corn. You're listening to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium. We're your hosts, Herzovi and Green, sitting around this cold, foggy campfire with Joy Thorbjornson Coates, Mark Cater, and Sharon Phillips. Tonight, Small Fish Radio presents a live recording of our annual horror show A Night to Dismember. I think it's time to choose a cabin and head in before it's totally dark. I think it is totally dark. Flashlights, anyone? Uh, how about that cabin there under the tree? It looks like it's been recently inhabited. Footprints in the dirt. Anyone home? Where are the beds? Here, read the sign. Push button for audio description. Ooh, like a museum. How cool. I stood among the living, and I was dead. <gasps> and so I took solace in that, and spoke in languages fluent and many, and bid the men of the living to eat of me, to gorge themselves on my flesh, to sharpen their teeth on my bones and drink of my blood, that I might be part of them again and join the land of the living and partake in the contentment and happiness. <gasps> but none did gorge, and none did drink, and none did sharpen their teeth on my bones, and so I remained dead in the land of the living, alone and afraid of what might become of me. <laughs> what was that? A recording? There's no electricity out here. It, it must have been a ghost. Ooh, wait. Uh, here's a clue. That was Living by Nick Maynard. <laughs> oh, better get out of here before we end up dead. <gasps> oh, 
Maybe we should sleep by the fire. Try that cabin over there with the candle in the window. Look at all these books and candles and bones. I'm beginning to sense a theme here. In the cabins, I mean, you know, like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, but with. With the... nightmares. Another button. Here goes. My mother emerged from her basement lab midday. She brushed her fingers over the spines of dusty tomes on the living room bookshelf. She selected two leather-bound texts, set them on the coffee table for our daily reading, and flagged the chapters with silky black ribbons. Mother, I wish to go to high school in the fall. Mother wrapped herself in a shadowy cloak. I will teach you and your sister. Normal people do not learn this. Marissa scowled at the towering bookcase. I want to make friends. Your sister is your friend. Mother smiled at me. Marissa sneered. Samira is your truest friend. Mother took us each by the hand. The two of you must continue your father's hunt together. Marissa wrenched her hand free, crossed her arms. Father is gone. Mother's face darkened. She strapped a crossbow over her shoulders. Do not open the door while I search. Not for anyone. I will learn what happened to your father. She slipped out the back door and faded into the misty woods behind our home. Marissa shelved her daily reading to the floor. She retrieved her tablet from its hiding place and began to message far-off friends. Hours passed. I wondered about the neighbors whom we had watched come and go, but never greeted in eight weeks we had been here. A knock echoed at the door. Marisa checked the peephole. I crept to the living room window and peeked behind the lace curtain. A boy around Marissa's age, 14 or 15, waited on the front stoop. A cut on the boy's forehead trickled blood. His hair curled like golden leaves. His irises glowed bright blue. I I've been in an accident. I, I need to charge my phone and call my father. Marissa glanced at me with eyes both imploring and demanding. We can call the police and they will help him. He's just a kid. He's cute. Don't call the cops. It will make my father angry. Oh, Mother said no, I insisted. Mother would have us make no friends at all. I studied this boy from the window. His clothes were an odd earthen brown. A cloud of dust seeped from his pant cuffs. His left wrist made a complete rotation until the thumb wound back to its original position, like the hands of a clock. 
The blue eyes strobed. Marissa, don't! The chain unfurled, the lock unlatched. Oh, what entered was not the boy, but a rush of wind, sand, and lightning. Metal hinges snapped, and the door knocked Marissa to the floor. A shape like a man made of dust and electricity loomed over my sister. A rushing sound, like engines swallowed our screams. The thing spread its hands above Marissa. Sparks crept up its spindly fingers. Marissa vanished inside the sandstorm of its legs. Its face flashed in my direction. I turned to flee, and a sucking force made the air thick as oil. I choked on sour fog. Sand scraped my arms and legs. Ceiling plaster cracked and crumbled. Family photos shattered. Books tore from the library shelves and their pages shredded in midair. And then a hush sucked up the torrent of noise like a giant's gasp. Samira! I heard her cry, but every fiber, every fiber of myself fought in the opposite direction. It's not her, I assured myself. Marissa would tell you to run. It's a trick of the gin. I, I struggled to the basement door and managed to lock it behind me. I recited prayers for my safety, prayers for my sister, prayers to beg forgiveness. Mother had gone looking for it, this evil gin, and I could not understand why. By the time I emerged from the basement, night had blanketed the world. I burst into tears when I saw Mother returning from the woods. Her crossbow and demon hunter's pack were missing. Her black cloak billowed in the wind. I screamed that Marissa was gone that she and father should never have searched for this one. But mother's face remained blank. My sweet girl. She pulled back her cloak. The breath fell, fled from my chest. Mother's heart was gone, replaced by a charred hole. I felt it happen. <laughs> Another clue. That was Gin by Kevin Foliard. Clue to what? Clue to leave? I say we head for the car. I'm with him. Yeah, right behind. Yeah, good yeah, plan. Go. Oh, yep. oh, come, on. come on. Come on, baby. You can do it. Sharon, make come it go. On. Let's go. Let's make for that next cabin there. You mean the one with the butterflies on it? That looks relatively harmless. Shall I do the honors this time? Knock your socks off. Huh. 
palms dripping sweat, Mikey approached Emma at her locker. Was he really going to ask this goddess to the winter formal? Did she even remember his name? Chem Lab was three whole semesters ago. Their shared laughter had surely <laughs> faded from her memory. It, however, still replayed inside Mikey's head every night. Her back was to him. Not too late to retreat. Crap, 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 crap. Mikey's hands trembled. His stomach gurgled. She turned, pierced him with emerald eyes. Oh, hey. Breath short, Mikey squeaked. Ha, ha, ye, hi, you, um, uh, uh, um. Yeah? His belly was full of fire. Knees buckled. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Mikey heard the ripping before he felt it. Saw a crimson stain spread across the bottom of his shirt like a blooming flower. Ah! He collapsed and screamed as black butterflies swarmed free of his guts. The little monsters had chewed their way out. Their wings were razor blade sharp. Ew. Emma said as she stepped around the bleeding boy. something. Uh, another clue? That was Guts by Evan Boffman. Nope, not sleeping here. Run! <laughs> it sure is fun, Zobi. Remind me whose idea this was. Oh, wait! It was yours! <laughs> In here, quick! Quick! Oh, oh, it says, welcome to Vincent Hannon's Oasis. Ooh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> oh, nice and warm, too. Almost hot. Where's the button? Oh, right here. Hey, Garrett. What is it, Mags? You know what? I want more than anything. I could guess a couple of things. What? A nice long shower. <laughs> Does seem like a fantasy, doesn't it? On days like this, I used to love a cold one. How's about your ration of water instead? I suppose it's the best we got. It's all we got. Well, you look at you. You're red as a lobster. I swear it's getting hotter every day. And what's that? What? On your cheek. <laughs> You've got a new freckle. Oh, no. I hate them. Seems I get a new one every day from the sun. Mind if I stay inside with you today? Sure. As long as you sweep up that dust you tracked in here. Brooms by the door. Watch the rifle. Dust Bowl was a hundred years ago, but you wouldn't know it. You, uh, you seen Eduardo around? Manning his post. Same as every day. Yeah, yeah. Well, you two still, uh... Yeah, we're still a, 
Um, <laughs> when are you going to find someone your own age and quit holding out for me? Well, maybe the day I see an ocean again. Hey, mind if I have another glass of water? Quick, though, before someone else comes in. Pour me one, too. Afternoon, Garrett. Hey, Mags, I got a... That's a tall glass of water. Ain't nothing of it. Who's at your post? Raul. Mags, I gotta talk to you a minute. All right, Ed. Well, just you and me. Garrett? What's wrong with you stepping outside? It's a little cooler in here. But before you forget who runs this outpost... Garrett, please. You got two minutes. I'll, I'll be in the back. Worried. You seen Hector around today, or Carmen? No, but Carmen and I were together last night. Where? Uh, here, well, well, outside on the porch. Where'd she go after? Has something happened? Neither one of them reported in today for assignments. Folks around here have been dropping like flies for weeks. I can't make head or tails of it. Gotta be the Raiders. I've never known a quiet Raider in my life. What's the water situation? Got plenty for now. It ain't dehydration. Huh. I thought we were getting low. Garrett doesn't seem to be worried about it. Garrett. I don't like you spending so much time with him. Oh, he's harmless. I, it, it's got nothing to do with that. It's just, I wonder about him being in charge of the water supply. He's a grumpy old man, but he means well. What's that mark under your eye? It must be another spot. Sun's getting hotter. Getting so intense, seems like all our freckles and moles just keep getting bigger and bigger. You still wasting away the afternoon? Just heading out now. Have you seen Hector or Carmen around? Mm. I saw Carmen with Maggie last night. I don't know where Hector could have gone off to. When you see him, tell him to get back to work. Yeah, yeah. Sure thing. What's that all about? He's worried. With folks disappearing and the, and the sun getting so hot? That's probably what's been killing people. These freckles and the like, they shouldn't get so big and so fast. Here, drink this and get back to your own assignment. Hey, Garrett. What is it? I thought we were low on water. I dug a new well not too long ago. Why didn't you tell anyone? If people got wind of it, they'd all be storming the castle wanting to sneak a gulp. You, uh, want to look-see? You've never let anyone in that back room. Come on back. Oh, no. Go on ahead. It, it, it's too dark in here. Your eyes will adjust. I'm right behind you. Maggie! Maggie, help! Ed, what's wrong? I need water. Who's manning your post? To hell with the post! Ah! Ed! That's... Oh, a, your face! That's a hell of a mole. Oh, that was... It was only a speck not five minutes ago. It's the sun! I can feel it shrieking. My face is cracking apart. Make it stop, Maggie. I can feel my skin splitting open. Get him some water, Garrett. Quick! It's not normal out there. My face... And look, my whole body's cracking up. I can feel it tearing me open. My eyes, help. 
me. I can't say it. Damn right you can't. And you're going to keep drying out and cracking until you're nothing but a prune and you won't need water or anything else ever again. What are you talking about, Maggie? Ed! Maggie, you look a little pale. And that freckle. What is it? Well, don't panic. Come closer. By the window in the light. Garrett, you're squeezing Stand me. still in the light. No, please. It's hot by the window. Let me go. Garrett, it's burning. Hold please. still. I must keep Just it. a little longer. Oh, let me go. My face, please. Let me have some water. Help yourself. <laughs> that must have been a nasty fall in the dark. Help. Help me up, please. I need water. Feel those buckets? There's plenty in there. Why is it so thick? It, it tastes like metal. I haven't run it through the purifier yet. Here, let me get the light. Carmen, Hector, and, and others, why, why do they look like that? So flat. What did you do to them? Only what I'm going to do to you and Eduardo. You're as good as dead with skin as dry as that. Ah! And lucky for me, you ain't got the strength to get up and run. I'll get you tied up here and squeeze you for all the water you got left. One more crank and you'll be all run dry. Every last drop. that guy heads in our direction. Wait, wait, wait. What were the buckets for? Bodily fluid. Oh. Hey, guys. Follow me. I found a path. It says, This Way to the Boobac by Julia Evert. Oh, oh, and look at that cute scarecrow. Oh, and there is a window. And a... Careful. Don't step on that trap door. See here. Don't you hear? No, I don't hear anything. Wait. <laughs> is, that, is that a baby crying? Sounds like it. Oh my gosh, we should go help it. Look out the window. Why am I supposed to be looking at? What do you see? All I see is the scarecrow. <laughs> we, we really need to go help that baby. There's no baby. Clearly there is. You can hear it. I'm going out there. No, don't go out there. What the heck's wrong with you? There's no baby. 
that sound is coming from somewhere else. I guess you never heard a crying baby because that's what a crying baby sounds like. And I guess you never seen a crying baby because look out that window, that's not what a crying baby looks like. Huh, maybe it's behind the scarecrow. God, does that thing always look so creepy? It almost looks like it's smiling. I think that crying noise is coming from the scarecrow. Don't be stupid. Maybe the thing looks a little creepy, but that's kind of the point. I mean, scarecrows meant to scare away birds. Inanimate objects meant to scare away birds. And inanimate objects don't cry. Has the crying stopped? Maybe someone helped the baby or whatever. I don't hear it anymore. No reason to go out there. Look back out the window. What? Oh, my God! So it's not just me seeing things. It's closer. I swear it's closer. <laughs> baby! There is no baby. We can't hear it. It's the scarecrow. Admit it. You noticed that it moved, too. Yes, yes, yes. It, it looks closer. Uh, but maybe the wind moved it. Who is that? Do you see her? It's just the neighbor. Calm down. But what's she doing here? Maybe she came to help the baby because she was actually worried about it. We need to warn her. Of what? The wind? You are just completely irrational. Get away! Don't come any closer! There's no way she can hear you. What are you doing? Opening the window. Fine. It just moved. It did not. It's closer. It is smiling. Wait a second. Are those bones? What? I'm the neighbor? No, no, the scarecrow. Has a scarecrow always been made out of bones? No, it's not. Look at it. It's farther away now. Closer to the neighbor. Closer to the neighbor. Oh, we need to warn her. Hey, hey, keep away from the scarecrow. Oh, my God. Holy crap. It just ate her. It's moving. It's definitely moving. Close the window. Close the window. It's still coming. Let's go back to the car. Yeah. At least we know what's inside there. Good idea. Seems like the wind's picking up. Oh, oh no! 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 My car. We can push the tree off. I know it. Oh, keep dreaming. Look. There. A cave. Cave? Are you kidding? Oh, it's starting to rain again. I, I don't see a button here. Maybe we're safe. Oh, look, a, a torch. Don't! <laughs> I'm not sure how to begin. This, this story is so unbelievable. I, I'd best start with the house. Our first... House. Welcome home, wife. Welcome home, hubby. Mm. How's Kyle? 
Sleeping like a baby. So stereotypical. Maybe we can christen the new bedroom. We have too much unpacking to do. It can wait. <laughs> oh. What? <laughs> Something fell on you. Something? A bug. A silverfish, I think. Oh, get it off me. Calm down, I got this. Well, hurry, I can, I feel it crawling on my head. Oh, it's not like it's going to bore into your skull. Adam. Okay, okay. Fast little bugger. Oh, it looks like one of those face huggers from that Not movie. helping! Got him! Oh, smush it! He's smushed. Oh, what if it laid an egg? I'll pick them out of you like a monkey. Shall we swing upstairs? That ruined the moment. <sighs> Stupid silverfish. Let's focus on this room. Oh, yuck. Now what? Oh, I walked through a spider web. Oh, got it in my mouth, too. This place needs a good dusting. And bug spray. Costco-sized bug spray. We spent the rest of the day cleaning and figuring out which boxes went where. Before unpacking commenced the following day, we were able to enjoy some quiet time. I always imagined spending Sunday mornings in a living room. Anything beats our studio apartment. Though I pictured less mosquito bites. Yeah, honey, I got a bunch of them, too. They must have feasted on us last night. Oh, we should check on Kyle. When he wakes up. What is that? Where? There! I don't see anything. Look where I am pointing. That, it's a centipede, and it's coming right at me. Well, kill it before it gets you! Oh, God, there's two more, and one's coming toward me this time. Oh, I'm calling an exterminator first thing tomorrow morning. Still. Still, we were unfazed and began to unpack, attempting to make this house our home. Can you move that box upstairs? Sure. Gross. What? Oh! Oh, where'd all those earwigs come from? They were under the box. So how'd so many get under there so quickly? No idea. If they got into those linens... I'll put them. it in the laundry room for now. If we didn't have a laundry room, I would be done with this insect-infected house. Yeah. These creepy crawlers are nothing compared to the creeps we encountered at the laundromat. I'll take earwigs over a naked laundering guy any day, actually. Our work kept us distracted during the day. But that night, these horrors took our full attention. Oh, I'm exhausted. You practically unpacked the entire house today. I wanted to get it done and over with. Overachiever. Is the baby monitor on? Yep, and I just heard the little guy gurgling happily. Oh, I hope he sleeps through the night. <laughs> None of us would. Uh, it's your turn. Oh, it's always my turn. Exactly. <laughs> All right, what's the matter, little but? Oh my God. What is it? He's, he's covered in ants. The ants swarmed over him like black waves. I was too shocked to move, but Vanessa swooped in and picked him up. Bathroom. We ran into the bathroom and turned on the lights to find roaches all over the walls. Oh, I'm going to be sick. Let's use the other bathroom. I'm not going down there in the dark. You stand guard and stomp on any roaches that haven't scattered. Where are they scattering I to? I can't think about that right now. I'll clean his crib thoroughly tomorrow. He'll sleep in his bassinet in our room tonight. Uh, unless you want to go to a hotel. Oh, with what money? Our room is clean. So was his. 
We'll, we'll sleep with the lights on. Good idea. If only we had a clue what these creatures were capable of. <sighs> He's asleep. He's our little pooper trooper. What the hell's going on, Adam? No idea. But this explains why the house was so cheap. We must live on a giant anthill or over an abandoned cemetery. I am never sleeping again. Sorry. Ah, it's okay. More time to read. Hand me that book. Oh, jeez. What? Wrong book? No. A moth squashed between its pages. Oh, maybe those bugs are seeking revenge for that. Oh, enough talk about it. The lights went out. Yeah, thanks. I wouldn't have been able to figure that out myself. Do you think the insects cut the power? Well, if that weren't so ridiculous, I'd believe it. Yeah, the hotel may be a good idea now. Yeah. Well, wait. What, what, what's that at the end of the bed? Just a shadow from outside. It's, it's moving. More bugs. All over the comforter. Push it away. I'll get the baby. We jumped out of bed, only to find... Crunching. Oh, the floor's covered in them. I can't find my slippers. Oh, forget them. We gotta... Oh, oh, they're crawling through my toes. Get to the door. Run. They're all over the walls, too. Don't look at the ceiling. Watch the stairs. Oh! Ah! Vanessa! Ah! Vanessa! Don't come down here. It's worse. They've had more time in the dark. The stairs and handrails are covered with them. I can cover Kyle and... No! Go in the bathroom. Those roaches will be back. Just keep them off, Kyle. Okay. Roaches blackened the walls. I waved some of them off with the light on my phone. I, I covered the foot of the door with a towel, but they're crawling through the sides and the top. I can't get a signal in here. All I can hope is Vanessa got out and will return with help. I'm recording this in case she doesn't. Now you know what happened to us could happen to you too. They may already be crawling on you while you're sleeping. They could be waiting inside the cushions of your sofa or mattress or hiding in your shoes. All I know is they're fearless and nothing can stop them. Say your prayers. Writing on the wall of the cave over there? Insecticidal by Tom Mizraka. The words are moving. They're insects. All right, now how are we going to get out of here? Wait, is that a phone? Yeah, this way. It's in here. I don't think I'd pick that up if I were you. But we can ask for help. Hello? To hear Blackhearts by Trina Kakasik. Hang up. Hello? You've just won a cruise on. Oh, jeez. Hello? Now, oh, this is Annoyance Electric. Did you know you could save? You have a virus on your computer. Please call. 
stupid scammers. How dumb do they think I am? Hello? Grandma Harper? Yes? Zach's grandma? Well, I hate to say this, but there's been an accident. Zach's in trouble. Oh, my. I need a few thousand dollars to get him airlifted out of where we are. And... Oh, oh, why didn't you call his parents? Well, you see, there was a problem with the law. He was driving drunk. He would kill me if I called his mom. He, he said he can only trust you. He, he doesn't want you to call his parents. I, I see. So, so can I talk to him? He's unconscious. Oh, dear. So, so what do I need to do? Well, if you can just Venmo the cash to me, I can be sure I get him to a hospital. Zach says you have Venmo. That's how you loan him money. What, what's your name? Um, Jerry. You can just share the money right to my phone, and I can call that airline. Oh, I just hate doing this. It feels so insecure. Right to your phone? Yes, that's where my debit card is linked. linked. Yes, I know you young people. Okay, your number? 903-474-6363. Ah, there. And how much? A, a couple of thousand should do it. Is Zach awake yet? I'm afraid not. We're up on this mountain trail. Oh, yes. He was so excited about this trip, and it posted all over his Instagram. That poor boy finally gets a vacation after medical school, and now he needs medical attention. I told him to be careful. Are his hands okay? He's a surgeon, you know. I don't know. One of them's under a rock. Best if you can transfer the money soon. Oh, okay. I'm transferring the money now. Good. Yeah, I see it on my phone. It says transferring. Just don't understand how you can get a signal up on the mountain. Wait. Grandma Harper, I think you made a mistake. All the money from my account just went into your account. I can't help Zach if I have no money. I see that. My, you have, uh, or had, shall I say, more than enough to cover the airlift. In fact, looks like you could cover at least 20 airlifts. Uh, Mrs. Harper, you have to reverse the... I have to what? Reverse the charge. Oh, I'm sorry. The app closed. And I forgot my password. It's in the other room. Hey, listen, lady. Hey. Hey, who are you? Hey, let go of me. Hi, Grandma. Hey there, Graham. Looks like we got another one. Oh, hey. hi, kids. Hi, kids. Zach, honey, put me on speaker. I thought you'd never get there. Our phone tracing app needs to be upgraded. Oh, I was beginning to be afraid you were actually in an accident. I'm fine, Grandma. Oh. Sorry, the chainsaw battery died last time, and stupid Zach here forgot to change it. Chainsaw? What the heck is this? Well, young man, looks like you tried to scam the wrong grandma. It's the first time I've done it. Oh, I'm... now, 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 that is not true. Don't add lying to your list of offenses. Then we won't be able to use your tongue. What? I'm sorry, you can keep the money. Of course I'm going to keep the money and give it back to those who've reported you. And the money we get from the harvest of your organs, after we sell them on the black market, will be added to the fund for elderly victims of internet crime. <clears throat> Grandma. After your student loans are paid off, not to worry. Now, are we ready? Kids, get him! Hey, hey! Okay, liver.
Okay, kidneys. Eyeballs. I love when you do the eyeballs. <laughs> and now the big ticket, the cash cow. Ah, oh, crap. What's wrong? The heart. It's black. We can't use it. Well, what do you expect when dealing with the Jerry's of this world? Uh, not totally. There's a little bit of pink. But wait, what is that? Ow! It bit me. It has fangs. Grandma, this heart has fangs. Oh, dear. Did you bring the club? It's in the car. Well, then stomp on it. Oh, I'm getting too old for this. We are not doing this anymore. It, it's got my foot, Grandma. Help. It's getting bigger. Oh. Oh. oh dear. Kids? Zach? Charlie? <laughs> Zach? Charlie? Jerry? Jerry, I'll, I'll give you everything. All the money back, uh, everything you want. Please, I'll, I'll cut you in on the organs. Jerry? Oh my God, did you see that? You mean the door that just appeared on the wall? Looks like the only way out. Oh, it's stuck. Help me out here, guys. Oh, oh great. A storm out at sea. Look, a message in a bottle. Lost Overboard by Mark Cater. Inside his cabin, a lone widower swirled the iced rum around in his glass and took a swig to drown his sorrows. A single bare bulb hung from the ceiling. It illuminated the large cracked window next to the front door. It was out this window he strained his eyes against the deepening night. Who the hell is out there on a night like this? A slivered moon occasionally illuminated the woman. She was standing quietly, barefoot on the cold, wet sand. The chilling gale curled icy fingers around her pale throat. Graying hair swirled, and you could hear the billowing swish of her long black dress. He watched her raise an accusing hand. With sudden realization, he dropped his rum-filled glass. It shattered on the dirty wood floor. Impossible! It can't be her. Why? The voice whispered from the darkness around him. Who? Who is there? Fear gripped his heart as he could find no source of the voice. He picked up the bottle and let the rum burn down his throat. His gaze groped the torrential darkness. A sudden flash cast brilliance upon her. He held his breath. She now stood nearer. Then, just as quickly, she was gone to the gloom of the now storming night. Murderer. 
This can't be happening. His mind raced back to another storm. The storm where she died. There's no point to this. Turn back now. Not yet. We have to save my nets. You're being stupid. The swells are getting too high. We'll be swamped. You're going to kill us both. All right. I'm doing it now. Hey, what are you... Oh! Help me! Oops. Look like, like a great big wave washed you overboard. What a tragedy. Sorry, honey. I can't seem to reach Wait, you. Wait, help me. Help me. Oh, you bastard. I'll get you for this. Another explosion of light rumbled through the cabin. In the flash, he momentarily saw her ghostly face staring blankly in through the cracked window. What the hell? Startled, he fell back onto the couch. <sighs> you killed me. The rattling front door burst open. Heart and hand jumped up, expecting to see her standing in the doorway, but only the wind and rain entered. He shouldered the door closed and bolted it against the outside fury. Soaking wet, he collapsed on the bed. Mind racing, he emptied the bottle and nodded off into troubled memories. His wife had been well-liked, and on the day of the memorial service, most of the village turned out to remember her, and say their goodbyes. He had shed forced tears and did his best to play the grieving husband. When he awoke the next morning, he took a worried glance out the cracked window. It was a clear, sun-filled morning. The birds were singing, the air was crisp, and the world seemed cleansed of all sins. There was no sign of her, no footprints or traces of any kind. It wasn't her. She's dead. He mixed freshly brewed coffee and rum into his thermos and headed to the harbor. A small group of tourists waited to see the bay's dolphins. She had loved those dolphins. To him, they were only a means to a meal and a drink, but to her, they were friends in the sea. Just after sunset, the ease of his bright, sunny day quickly changed. As he walked alone to the Sea Lion Tavern, he felt eyes on the back of his neck. Why? Who's there? Stop it! She stood, pointing accusingly, just at the edge of the light illuminating the sea lion's entrance. You killed me. You are not real. You can't scare me. He watched as she disappeared into the growing evening mist. He hurried into the sea lion and ordered rum. Afraid to go home, he drank lots of rum. He stayed until he was thrown out. He stumbled home, tormented by ghostly sights and sounds and a heavy guilt. Some weeks later, he was alone, preparing the boat to weather yet another storm. There she stood, at the end of the pier, long black dress and gray hair swirling. To his horror, she began gliding towards him, panic gripped his mind. Stay away from me! Teetering on the pier's very edge, he raised his head to look directly into the ghost's eyes. For the first time, he realized the depth of her sorrow. She seemed so real. Her tears seemed so real. Why? With soul-filling remorse, tears streamed from his eyes. I'm sorry, he mouthed, for his shame had no voice. Then, 
With more tenderness than he had felt for her in years, he reached out his hand to wipe the ghost's tears away. You tried to murder me! <gasps> you live! You're not dead! All the tenderness was instantly replaced with loathing hate. I saw you. I saw you go under. How can this be? <laughs> All this time you've been <laughs> pretending? But how? How did you survive? <laughs> you wouldn't believe me. <laughs> he grabbed for her, but felt a tug at his back to pull him off the pier. She looked over the edge to see one struggling arm and a single top fin of a dolphin disappear into the sea. She smiled. After three days, the winds and rains ceased. Folks noted that they couldn't ever remember a storm of such power. The sun returned not only a peaceful calm to the village, but also a woman thought dead. She told a miraculous story of survival. Cast into the stormy sea, she had been rescued by a dolphin. Only now had she recovered enough to return home. A search for her husband found only the overturned sailboat floating near the pier. smell food. Me too. Mm. It smells great. It's down that path in that tent. Excuse me, do you have a reservation? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we do. What is this place? A body language by Rita Anderson. Right this way. Have a seat. Okay, okay, okay. The head had really done it this time. Journeying without the body was a thing it did on occasion, but it had never ended up under a cake dish in an out-of-the-way diner before. Despite some very clever chapters of charades, the body's language failed. Sure, our head looks like the one in your photo, but how do we know that the ID is not stolen? The body knew the manager was right and requested a booth in the non-smoking section to have time to think. The head, who was doing quite well for itself, enjoyed the body's predicament from the corner of its eye whenever the body wasn't looking wistfully back. The manager had organized the slicing Distributing pieces from the hindbrain first, where the sweet cherry filling was ripest. The head's dark hair modestly covered the excavation, cascading under the glass dome to brush the counter whenever October blew in. And the head was bringing the diner an awful lot of business, so the body understood the manager's reluctance. But it's my head. The body wanted to yell, but could only mime, tapping the picture on the counter and pointing at the house special du jour. The head's eyes watched the body's fingers frustratedly pointing her way. The head's lips curled at the edges. How the dumb body was stumped, 
unable to resolve the situation without her. I understand your dilemma, the manager repeated to the buddy, while counting change back to a couple who had enjoyed slices of the head. But uh, surely you can see the delicacy of our position. He rang up another customer before addressing the headless buddy for what he hoped would be the last time. Look, you're the fifth buddy to try it this week. With such a head, we must be more careful than its owner was. Ashamed, the body knew the manager was right, and it left without another gesture. Let it be said on the body's behalf that it returned later in, in what it assumed was night, camouflaged in ninja wear to hide in the shrubs. The head, two-thirds consumed now, lay flat, counting holes in the suspended ceiling. Tired of this fiasco, the head missed the goofy body, so it resisted the knife, blunting the chef's best blade. The manager, worried sales would flag, was going out now to scout for another head. The body stayed in the bushes until the manager left. Then it rushed inside and ran off with the head's remains. Reunited in the warmth of their own home, the head helped the body voice its awkward message to itself. It is not a matter of settling because there is no choice. I would love you if you were only an eye, and I the hand that held you. The head understood that the body was right. They belonged together, and it kissed the body's hand. The head knew, too, that it possessed the eye the body spoke of, a controlling, lustful wanderer that would be an eternal source of pain for them both. I stood among the living and I was dead. And so I took solace in that. And spoke in languages fluent and many. And bid the men of the living to eat of me. To gorge themselves on my flesh. To sharpen their teeth on my bones. And drink of my blood. That I might be a part of them again. And join the land of the living. And partake of the contentment and happiness but none did gorge, and none did drink. And none did sharpen their teeth on my bones. And so I remained dead. In the land of the living. Alone, and afraid of what might become of me. Are you all thinking what I'm thinking? Yes. Let's get the heck out of here. Yeah. 
Thanks for an entertaining camping trip, Kozobi. Yeah, and, and thanks to today's contributors, Rita Anderson of Austin, Texas, Evan Boffman of Long Beach, California, Julia Everett of New York, New York, Kevin Folliard of LaGrange, Illinois, Vincent Hanam of Minneapolis, Minnesota, Mark Cater and Trina Kakasik, both of Chicago, Nick Maynard from Manchester, England, and Tom Isaraka of Tarzana, California. If you like what you heard, there's more where that came from. So head to our website at smallfishradio.com or find us on iTunes. Wherever you go to listen, it's always free. You can also listen to our popular approximately 20-minute variety hour on real radio by tuning in to KYAQ 97.1 FM, Lincoln County, Oregon's only public radio station. This show featured the talents of Mark Cater, Michael Herzovi, Sharon Phillips, Joy Thorbjornson-Coates, and MJ Kelly. Directing and sound design by Trina Kakasik. Thanks to the White Crane Wellness Center for providing rehearsal and recording space. And special thank you to Karen Abercrombie of the Swedish American Museum. Smallfish Radio Theater is produced by MJ Kelly and Trina Kakasik. Thanks for listening! <laughs>